Hi there! Coach Antonio Aguirre here for the Life Deck Show. I'm very excited to bring you so much value in each podcast episode, like this one that you're about to listen to. Well, I do hope you enjoy listening to each episode just as much as I did recording this for you. All right, let's dig into today's episode. Let's go! The guys and I were talking about brands and one of my most common examples of a very, very good brand that people can take lessons from or take down lessons from will always be about Apple. Apple is a great example for me, a company that understands the value of what branding is all about for any type of business, whether it be fashion, food, or personal branding and such. Apple is uh, one of the great examples for that. So in this episode of Retail Fashion Business, I'm going to talk to you more about the importance of branding and branding lessons from the brand Apple. Lessons can be learned by examining how a brand positions themselves in terms of what they're offering as something more than a product. People always think about that when they sell a product, that's what they're selling. No, you're selling an experience, you're selling nostalgia, you're selling the idea of it, how useful or what can it do for them. It's a lot of many things. You always think about the product itself, but no, they should think about what goes around with it. Let me ask you a question. If Apple disappeared tomorrow, would you care? All of a sudden, of Apple's gone. Of course. Like, my iPhone, gone. All my Apple devices, my Apple Watch, my iPad, MacBook and stuff. Would you care? Yes. Even if you're not an Apple user, I think you would care a lot. But now, I'm sure that for every Apple fanboy or fangirl there is out there in the world, there's an equal amount of Apple haters. And I've known that ever since I started commenting on you know, on tech blogs, on YouTube channels, from like Unbox Therapy, for example, or from MKBHD, when I comment something good about Apple, there's surefire to be comments from the other side, which is from Android. We're not going to talk about which one's better. We're talking about branding here. And there's plenty of other competitions of Apple providing similar kinds of products. I mean, a phone is a phone, so there's no difference. But very few of the others can actually match the type of brand loyalty Apple has created. The reality is, if that Apple went away, all these Android-based users would just be as happy to choose a Samsung or a Xiaomi phone or a Realme or a Vivo, what else, Oppo or whatever it is out there right in the Android market or Huawei. And this is not even brand-sponsored. Or maybe a Google Pixel perhaps. Or any half of the alternatives that I mentioned. And they would happily swap to another brand if a better brand came along. Like for example, you move Samsung, you go on to Xiaomi, perhaps, and vice versa. Something like that. Arguably. Let's not argue with that anymore. Their choice would be driven by the features and benefits of a phone. Think about this. You would not be spending the night outside of a store waiting for a new model of a Samsung tablet or the latest Samsung S22 Ultra. I've never heard someone line outside for a Samsung phone. Did it ever happen? Probably maybe two people, three. I don't know. I have to verify the source. But for sure, no one's going to line up for an Android phone. Maybe they would buy online, yes, but not the same hype. Like, I remember when I lined up for an iPhone 6S Plus in an Apple store in Hong Kong because it was one of the first in Southeast Asia to release. So I lined up in, in Nathan Road in, in the Apple store. I was like 50th in the line for that phone. I remember that. I think that's about 2014, 2015, some year in that. And I don't know why I even lined up for it. I mean, seven days after, I could get it and just walk in a store and get the phone that I want. That's how Apple users are. All of this ultimately comes down to branding. Every company can learn this from Apple. Every brand 
any brand there is out there. Let's go on to the number one most important lesson we can learn from Apple, which is features and benefits don't sell. Branding does. Just give me an example. This shirt. This is just a shirt. It has sleeves. It has a collar. I can wear it. Do you have any other variations for a shirt? Sure. There can be holes, different fabrics and such, but the shape is the same. A shirt is a shirt. The features are the same. The benefits the same. You wear something on top. What differs is the branding. Branding is what matters the most. And Apple has understood that you can't sell on just features and benefits. Android users would be quick to point that, hey, but we're first to use the wireless charging and all these features and such under camera, no whatever. But then Apple would say, but we do it better sometimes. They just don't create products. Apple doesn't just create products. They create memorable brand experiences that keep people coming back. Just another example where that would be McDonald's. McDonald's doesn't sell their food. They sell the experience. Do you remember any time wherein you went to McDonald's that you were crying that you wanted to buy a Big Mac or a Happy Meal? No. You're always smiling and thinking about what you're going to order and then you're going to go to food coma after 15 minutes of, of eating that. You see what I mean? They're selling the nostalgia, the feeling, and, and they're selling the brand, not the products. Branding is everything for your company, not just any visual thing that you have or any messaging. Branding is something that is created by every single touch point of your company. For Apple, for example, it's their concert-like sales event to launch a product. Every time there's an Apple release, like Tim Cook would be out there doing an hour thing on stage when they present every new feature. Like It's as if everything that they update, it's like cutting-edge technology. Now they're featuring MagSafe wireless charging when in fact, you know, Android has done that years ago ahead of them. And they make it concert-like, like a theater. Like you're watching something, like something exciting every time something is released. It's part of the branding experience that you get. They do in-store education training. Like when you go to an Apple store, you'll have someone like an expert talk to you about their product. They know it very well by heart. They upsell and they upskill their customers a lot. Going from, why don't you just get iPhone 13 to just get the Pro Max instead? Or instead of getting the 128 memory, why not just go ahead and get the one terabyte, right? For future use, right? So they, they do that a lot unconsciously. They do so many tricks in that you won't even notice about it. There's just so many examples that they do that with their brand. The ease through which you can order your products online and then have it shipped within a matter of days or the same day perhaps, you know, when the product's not really that hype. And the way people applaud, I remember videos, you know, when people get their iPhones and they go outside the stores and the staff claps for them as if like it's an achievement, like you graduated. You know, Have you seen those kinds of videos? When you go outside the Apple store and then they're all clapping for you, that's part of the experience. Does someone clap for you when you bought your Samsung phone? Does staff clap for you when you when you buy an S8 Plus pad, whatever thing? They're stealth. That's why. So you're buying online. Some people, they might call these gimmicks. It's gimmicky. But in reality, these are real and genuine rituals and brand experience that have been created in equal measure for and by the loyal following of customers that now Apple has built throughout the years. Even past the death of Steve Jobs, his legacy lives on. You know, let's not argue about how Apple has fallen after Steve Jobs. It's opinion-based. But the fact is, we're talking about branding and branding in particular. And that's why I'm giving Apple as an example for this. So that's number one. Features and benefits don't sell. Branding does. Always remember that. Let's move on 
on to the second one, which is Apple does something very different, which is branding that is customer needs focused. And that's one reason that they win a lot. Apple, they create this something that is designed to improve the lives of the customers that they have. Every time you buy an Apple device, it feels like it's changing your life. Like you buy a new Apple watch, you feel like, feel much healthier now because I know how many steps I made. Android watches, when I read them, you see all the speed and the data that goes around with it. But in reality, what does it do for me, like a normal user? It's about creating a positive experience and that sort of feeling through a simplified lifestyle. And a result of that is owning an Apple product. More than that, Apple understands what their customers actually need. That is very different from appeasing what customer wants. They focus on the needs and just more than what they want. They amplify on that fact. For example, in the early 2000s when Apple, you know, was just really starting to get its grounding ahead of Microsoft, Nokia was very dominant in the market. Up until around 2012, Nokia was the brand to beat when it comes to mobile phones. Even when Apple was there with the original 2008 and such, I didn't even get an iPhone until it was iPhone 3G, I think. Something like that. And I was still using a Nokia phone and I think sometimes a Samsung Android phone as well during its infancy Android stages. But Nokia, they had great research program but not as great as what Apple did. They listened to what their customers wanted based out of what Nokia did not do for their customers. They didn't do surveys like that like Apple did. And they seek to satisfy their customers. Remember when Nokia went out with their phones, they had the N series, the, the gaming series, and then for normal users. For each year's like the N series, there were like seven kinds of phones. And then you weren't at the E series, which was the business series phones. And then the, you know, for the younger market. And then there were other phones for cameras as well. It was like, if you want to get everything in a phone, you don't get it. You just get the best one. If you're a gamer, this is your phone. If you're a photographer, this is your phone. If you're in the working class, this is going to be your phone. So it's all spread out instead of just having one actual phone. You always wish that, don't you just wish that you had one phone to do everything? Almost everything? That's what Apple did. And they listened to the people. And by contrast, Apple anticipated the future needs, not just by making happy the customers, but making the customers happy. And they thought a customer themselves, and they understood the needs of the customers. The first iPhone actually addressed the needs of core future customers that they created. Imagine this, the iPhone is about 14 years old now. The users also aged as well at the same time. iPhone addressed those issues as the phone continued to grow. And the fundamentals of what a smartphone is successful about is something that they've disrupted in the mobile phone market. Indeed, imagine just one phone for everything. You can do gaming, you can do photography, you can do your business and be personal with it all at the same time. Unlike with Nokia, like you have to choose which segment you want to be in. That actually led to the decline and eventually closure of Nokia. Branding that this customer needs focus and that is what would help your brand win. That's number two. The third one that I want to point out is you want to pick your own niche or your own tribe to target and that helps build what we call a tribe loyal type of following. Customer centrics means that you be, it makes it a lot easier when you stop trying to make everyone happy and just pick a core of customers that you want to target and provide value for it in the initial stage. I think part of what made, for example, the Mac or the MacBook to be able to find their niche early on was because the people working on the machines were number one, either musicians, poets, artists, and people who are in the creative industry. Have you noticed that? Those people that work in Apple, that work on the devices are in certain industries at the same time. They're not skaters or like athletes and such. No. Or they're not 
even engineers. They're in certain types of industries in specific. And who just happens to be computer scientists at the same time? Like you can be a computer scientist and be interested, for example, in videography or photography, right? That's possible. So Apple knows exactly who the users are based on the people that they hire. So they speak the language. They speak the language of the people. The simplistic advertising speaks in a language that customers understand. Have you seen the backgrounds that Apple uses, either white or black? It's rare that you would use, even if they show the iPhones in different bright colors, the background will always be white or black because they don't want you to focus on whatever the background is. They want you to focus on the product itself. And that's a good example of branding. Minimalist. I didn't know what minimalism is. They were already doing it years, even a decade ahead with the iPod back then when they launched it in the early 2000s. And when Apple created the Mac, Apple understood the frustrations of a person like me who back then was a PC user looking for much simpler solutions. I remember I was switching from HP to Dell to Acer to Asus and all these brands. And I was building my desktop in such a way that it was a collection of different parts whatsoever all boiled into one. In fact, it's a customized desktop but there's no brand loyalty because you choose the best hard drive, you choose the best video card and such and the monitor, it's all different. So it's like Transformer instead of buying an actual Ferrari. You don't care what's inside the Ferrari as long as the brand is a Ferrari. Apple was able to create a machine that was really actively positioned as a tool for creatives. Where the Mac would help elevate the work of creative person is by being an extension of whatever their creative purpose is in their industry rather than a hindrance. It's like when you open your Mac, you know that your purpose is to do something creative and that's the target audience of they want to get. Remember in marketing, if you target everyone, you're targeting no one. That's why they were targeting people who are creative because they will use their Mac in terms of creativity. That's why if you're in an airport and you put out, for example, your Dell laptop, oh, that person is in a, maybe in a business or a banking industry perhaps because of the security it provides. I don't know, maybe an HP, something like that. But when someone opens a Mac and shows an Apple logo, it feels like he is part of a certain ecosystem. And now you're stuck in that ecosystem because it connects to your watch, it connects to your phone, transferring files is a breeze and also you created your own ecosystem with it. And that will make a loyal customer and a loyal customer hard to transfer to another ecosystem, which is, for example, an Android ecosystem or a, a Windows ecosystem. That's what Windows is trying to do with Android, trying to be together as one, but they're already too late because Apple has done that way, way ahead of them. So that's number three. Next thing is branding is a long-term game focused on growth, not quick wins. Jim Collins' book, From Good to Great, explained that you want to set out to investigate why some companies skyrocketed compared to others. I remember HP being an example of them and Dell as well, but relative to similar companies in their category and how they stayed there while others slumped back to being just, you know, mediocre brands. There's a lot of brands that died in the early 2000s because that book was created in the early 2000s. And while Jim Collins found that there were several distinguishing factors that set the thriving companies apart, two factors were actually absolute keys for that. The first was almost a specific type of leader that drove the company forward. And the second one is the kind of culture and mindset that the leader had planted within his organization. Two different things. These leaders, they were focused on the long-term growth rather than the short-term gains or their egos in the public's eye. You know who I'm talking about here. I'm talking about Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs understood the job the most, pun intended. He understood the job better than most, than any successful brand took time to grow. His vision of you don't need to be first to succeed is rather legendary. You only need to be better is 
what he meant. You don't need to be the first to do, provide this. You don't need to be the first to do that for them. You just need to be better than the first. It's not always who became the first one to do it. It's who actually did it better. Because if you did it better, then I would accept that as a user because it has more use for me rather than just, you know, showing that the benefits of what you're getting. That entire company culture that he created is entirely focused on continually improving their offering to people. They use every new product now and customer interaction as an opportunity for learning. They use facts to improve their products at the same time rather than, you know, ideas. So they use facts based on the past releases that they have. And that's also how they're able to anticipate their customers' needs as we've learned from the previous topic. And lastly, the most important lesson that I think you can learn from Apple in terms of branding is this. I always talked about finding your why and the reason for that is commanding brand loyalty comes from actually knowing what your why is. You can command brand loyalty by finding out what your why is. As Simon Sinek always shared with us in his book is that great brands command loyalty by understanding their reason for being. And he explained it very well in that book that the real purpose is what drives successful companies forward. It aligns the entire team of a brand to deliver and sustain a company's growth for years to come in the future. That's why even when Steve Jobs was already gone, his vision still continues on. Even if you change Tim Cook as a CEO, the entire purpose of why the brand Apple exists will still continue. I mean, ideas may change, but the reason why they actually started the brand will still be there. You can see brands like those in fashion. Louis Vuitton, Prada, Gucci, and all those. Even if they're not owned by the families anymore, the brand why is still there. I mean, might have changed in some parts, but the core still remains the same. And while every business knows what they do and the services and products they provide, most know the approach in how they create and deliver these types of products and services that they offer. It's very typical for a marketing message to talk about what about the what and the how, but then they forget what is their why. And that's why it's the most important one. And you always start with why. When you give their what and you give your how, it rarely drives any purchasing decisions to this day. And that's why all the brands are playing catch up with Apple in terms of how they do it in their own niche. Apple is one of the clearest examples of living through their why. There's a quote that says, in everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo. We believe in thinking differently. We believe in thinking outside the box, living outside of the box all the time. They just happen to make great computers. Their loyal fans follow not because of what latest technology they offer, but because they believe in what Apple believes, which is their why. And belonging to a mutual cause has been a powerful driver in terms of marketing any product to build communities for centuries before brands even existed. If you comment in the comment section any brand that you think has been thriving the past decade or so, you will see that they have a very strong fan base. Any brand, even in sports, like the most famous ball clubs, even if they're not winning, they have a huge fan base. Like for example, the New York Knicks have not won any championships since the 1970s, but they have a very, very good fan base still. They have a very strong fan base. Same with, for example, the Lakers, even the Celtics, the Bulls, and even the, now the Miami Heat as an example. So it's having a strong fan base for a brand that makes it really, really strong. Because whatever you put out there, the followers will buy it. Even if, for example, you're a clothing brand and you sell a shirt that has holes in the armpits, if they believe in your reason is whatever reason, they will believe you. Because that's your tribe. That's your tribe of followers. It's same with religion. When the leader of a religion says, okay, drink that Kool-Aid and everybody dies, they all drink it. Because they believe in it. That's the reason why creating your own tribe is very important. That's why commanding brand loyalty 
loyalty comes from knowing your why. So always know your why. There's about a hundred mobile phone brands out there in the world. But my question is, what would make you choose a particular brand? Let me know in the comment section. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to share it and tag me on your social media accounts and I'll do my best to repost or comment on it. Follow me on Instagram at AntonioGirid.Jr. Leave a comment about this episode and subscribe to me on my YouTube channel, Coach Antonio Aguirre Jr. I'll talk to you soon on the next podcast episode. Aight? Peace.